With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Breaking news LeBron is a Laker. This Clippers team will win a championship this year. All George, corner three. Has to put it up with the buzzer. Backs it in. <laughs> he backs in the three. And the Lakers win the game. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points and Blue Wire Networks. As always, Tomeris Arley here, your Clippers beat writer for Clutch Points. And on the other side, over in Colorado. And a lot, lot nicer weather. Uh, Ryan Ward, our Lakers beat writer for Clutch Points. Ryan, what's up? How you doing? What up? Everything good? Surviving? Yeah. Surviving. My little box. <laughs> we're, we're all living in little boxes nowadays. <laughs> um, we're just going to get right into it. Um, Last Dance, episode 7 and 8, aired on Sunday. Um, I was... Well, let's, let's just get your takeaway from it, because... Uh, we had, you know, it went back to Jordan's father um, and, you know, his passing and everything involving that. Um, you know, they, they mentioned, uh, there's a lot that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know they, they blamed his gambling um, for his passing. I thought that was kind of messed up. Um, I oh, think- yeah, I mean, it was it was a big, big deal at the time because they thought it was all connected, all of it, you know, um, because the you know the the Jordan gambling stuff came up when he took his dad to Atlantic City, and then it became a big thing that never kind of wavered. And then uh, obviously his dad passing, and then his shocking retirement. Um, it's one of those things where you're like you you're like uh, I know where I was, even though honestly I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember where I was. I just remember being in disbelief, just being like, no. This isn't going to happen. Why would he do it? Why would he leave it at the top of his game, you know? Um, but everybody, you know, thought it was like a 18-month suspension from Stern. Um, I never really believed it, but I think I was <laughs> I was a kid blinded by, you know, him being You needed idol. a reason to, to validate his retiring or going away for a bit, right? Yeah, well, because it just seemed weird. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously he was going through a really tough time with his dad passing and then uh, the spot. I mean, there was no bigger star on the planet than Michael Jordan. I mean, he was. Right. He, I mean, that kind of, you know, stardom can create, I would think, loneliness and a type of isolation that sucks. Right? You feel mm-hmm. trapped. And like he said, you know, he felt super content with his decision, and he felt free. You know, freedom was a big thing. The thing is, he went straight back into professional sports. He went and played another sport, you know, which everybody thought was crazy. I thought it was crazy. Um, 
yeah, it was it was it was a strange situation. Like just the series of events was really really weird. I found it interesting that he already knew. You know what was it that uh, when they when when they won their third championship, he said, "My father watched me play my last game." Like at the time, even though he, I think he's still considered going to play baseball, and he talked to him about it, and he said, "Like you know, just do it, just do it." And he said that you know his father loved baseball and wanted him to play baseball when he was a kid. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know baseball too well, but it looks like he was a decent player, probably on the come up, if he was con- if he was to continue playing baseball. Um, you know, Bulls I, owner Jerry Reinsdorf so. said that he was probably going to be a major. He was going to be in the major league uh, in a couple months if he just kept playing. If you know, if that strike didn't happen, and you know, if if he didn't meet with B.J. Armstrong for breakfast one day and brought him into the practice facility in 1994 or 95, whatever that was. Um, well, I mean, the thing that I thought was strange was he never really went into why he uh, quit baseball. Right? There wasn't like. I mean, if he was going to make it, then that's a – why don't you go make it and then go back to basketball, right? Why would you leave right on the cusp? I don't – I don't – I didn't understand that. It seemed very abrupt and with no explanation. I mean, this – that first episode, or seven, surprised me how deep it went into all that stuff. Don't understand why, why he, uh, he just quit the way he, he did with baseball and then just decided to go back to basketball. Well, he met with B.J. Armstrong at that breakfast, you know. I guess the love of the game just came back. I mean, probably simple as that, right? Um, but the guy is such a goal-oriented person, right? Like, um, and you, he came so close to being a major leaguer. Why not get to that point and then go back? That's true. Right? That's true. He was someone who's... Like, check that box, go back, and win three three more titles. Uh, I don't know. I just I thought that was... Kind of still kind of left up there. I mean, I get that. I mean, he was so damn good at basketball that it probably was tough to play another sport and just be kind of mediocre uh, when you know you can still be the best basketball player on the planet for another. Well, there was the strike, right? So we didn't know. I mean, at least I don't know. It it made it sound like there wasn't a concrete future for baseball right away. Like there wasn't. No one knew when they would come back. When they'd be able to play. Stuff like that. Um, so that's true too. I feel like you know I you're not going to waste take that. You're not going to waste parts of your prime or you know the end of your prime athletically to wait. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, you know probably best to just get back to basketball, get back to what you were doing best. Probably rediscover the love after being away from it. Like they showed him watching the games when he was in the uh, in the clubhouse. Um, yeah. After one of the games. He said, like, I'm like a fan now, but I can still, you know, react to them just like a fan. So, um, yeah. Well, and thank, thank God that that strike did happen then. Because um, <laughs> who knows if he would have come back. And then that would have changed everything. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Maybe the, the, you know, the Rockets keep, go, keep, keep it going or uh, the Orlando Magic win a couple titles and Shaq never goes to L.A., it's funny when these little things happen, or maybe not little things, but like if it would have gone a different way, how different the league may have looked, you know? Maybe you don't see Kobe in L.A. Um, God, who knows, man? That would have changed everything. A, uh, a, 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 a can of worms you don't want to open because it's just so many different dominoes that would fall if he doesn't come back. Well, it's like the Chris Paul trade, remember? When we talked yeah. about that and how if if that actually went through, how things would have completely been changed. And the whole NBA would look different, you know? You'd never have Lob City. Um, maybe Kobe wins another ring. That changes the whole GOAT conversation, you know? like Yeah, it's just so much. Just, I think one of the biggest what-ifs for me yeah. was uh, the Timberwolves having two draft picks and selecting point guards and not picking Steph Curry, I think that's one of the biggest what ifs for yeah. me. They yeah, picked, that's another one. I, they, I think they picked Johnny Flynn and someone else. I forgot who. John, Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. Wow, I still remember. Well, Flynn was yeah. out of the league in like a couple of years, and Rubio. Rubio, Rubio was made solid, sense. But he didn't turn into. But well, Steph Curry. So what? What people thought he was going to be? Yeah, I think he blew. You know, he blew everybody away in the Olympics when he was like seventeen. 
Yeah, he was balling right? out for Spain. Everybody, everybody's like, mm-hmm. this guy's the next guy or the next great point guard that we're seeing. But, yeah, he just never turned in. And sometimes I forget that he's on Phoenix. <laughs> like, yeah, he's on the Suns, yeah. I, That's just... Yeah, like, really? <laughs> uh, go, going back to the last dance, though. Um, yeah, I, I found I found his uh, his reasoning for wearing forty five uh, interesting. I didn't I didn't I didn't know he just felt like it needed a change, a, ch- a change, and uh, you know going back to twenty three would be weird because his father saw him play last with that. Uh, so uh, I I mean again I'm, I'm a young guy, so this this doc is certainly teaching me a few things um, as we go along. There's things that I knew. There's some things that Hallelujah. I didn't know. Hallelujah! You should see my brother. He changed after the first episode. He changed his iPhone wallpaper to Jordan, and he goes up to me and he goes, <laughs> he goes up to me, he goes, "Yeah, Jordan might be the goat." And I'm like, "It's been one episode." <laughs> I'm not saying you're not. I'm not saying you're wrong, but yeah, it's been one he episode. He has seen the light. Yeah, he has seen yeah. the light. No, but with the the whole jersey thing, I thought from what I remembered was that the Bulls retired 23, and he couldn't wear it. Because it was a retired number. He couldn't wear his own and number? Then, that's what I thought. That For some reason, that's what I remember. And then I remember when he just, just changed it. What was it, game two against Orlando mm-hmm. Magic? And he got fined every game that he did that by the NBA. And I thought that was really weird. I was like, what? why? Just, just switch it back. I mean, you already sold a ton of 45s, I'm sure. Just go sell more 23s. I don't know. I don't know. Who was it? Was it Nick Anderson who said 45 ain't 23? Or Penny Hardaway said 45 ain't 23? And then Horace Grant was like, man, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I think it was Nick Anderson. Or Horace Grant said it was Nick Anderson who said 45 ain't 23. And then, you know, he said, oh, what a big mistake. Why would you fire up Jordan like that? And as you mentioned, he changed he changes jersey game two, I think it was. Um, they did. They did lose that series, um, but next season, well, didn't they sweep them in ninety ninety six? They swept them. Yeah, well, that was the seventy two and ten season, and then they just destroyed teams in the playoffs. That's incredible to me that they could go seventy two and ten in his first full year back. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's talk about that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about. Steve Kerr, the 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 the, the altercation with Steve Kerr was uh, was uh, interesting. I guess you could say um, that was that was infamous back then because um, there was no video, there was no real explanation. I mean, I heard more of an explanation last night than I did twenty years ago. Um, I just remember being, oh man, Kerr must be a punk trying to <laughs> trying to fight Jordan, but. Uh, I mean, the way they, they, they both explained it made a lot more sense. Um, he earned his respect instantly after that. And then what was it? The I think it was the second title Kerr won with them. He hit the game-winning shot against the Utah Jazz. I think that's <clears throat> correct, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. Uh, One of the games. Far back. I yeah, thought it was a uh, free-throw line jumper. Oh, against the Jazz. Jordan. Okay. Jordan act like he was going to take the shot, wait till, t- till he got doubled, and then pass it to Kerr at the free throw line. And he just nailed it. I thought I thought two there were two parts where I saw Jordan get emotional in this doc so far. Maybe I'm missing one. But one was his father, discussing his father. And the other one was, was when he said, well, he was asked, did you think that your drive to win sometimes came at the expense of being looked at as nice? And then he said... Um, you just you got to win as as much as I do. It's it's if if you you can't know if you've never won stuff like that. And then he just got emotional. He said, "Break." That was the end of episode seven, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I yeah. uh, that that's not it's not in the moment I expected him to get emotional, but uh, I think that still goes to show that you know I, I think it did come at the expense of being of being looked at as nice. Like he is perceived as a dick right now. He's perceived as a, like an asshole. Is, is that wrong? I mean... Well, yeah, but I mean, if you look at all the guys that said that, right? Was, was it Will Purdue saying he was an asshole, he was a jerk, whatever? And then he says, well, but, but when you look back um, at what he did, he did it for the betterment, betterment of all of us, right? And, and led us to multiple titles. 
So it's like, in a way, Jordan sacrificed that part, right? Sacrifice being thought of as the nice guy or, you know, uh, to be a, you know, the friend with teammates or whatever. So they could win. And obviously it worked. And that even Will Purdue said that. It worked, right? Right. I think Bill Wennington kind of shared the same uh, sentiment. But uh, at the time, though, that must have been a, a pain in the ass to deal with. Oh, I'm sure. Especially when it came down to, you know, fights and all that stuff. It's, Scott that's, Burrell yeah. seems like a genuinely nice, genuinely nice guy. Uh, even Jordan was he, saying, like, he tried yeah. to rile him up and piss him off and get that, get that, you know, stand up for myself and, and, and fight back sort of mentality. And he just never, it never came out in a bad way, which I thought was, mm-hmm. uh, that's just, that's impressive to have that kind of collective effort, I think, to, to never lose your cool. Um, that was impressive, especially with Jordan right there. You know what's uh, what's funny is uh, last night after I was watching this, I remembered my uh, my uncle who passed away about ten years ago, I think, and he was my like driving force for competitiveness. I mean, I I loved Jordan at the time, and I was all about it and all about getting better and and uh, improving my game and all this stuff. But my uncle was uh, I think he was a sergeant in the British Army, and he was whoa. Hard nose. He was good at every single sport, um, and so he pushed me when I was a kid. We used to play volleyball a lot, like on the beach and all this. And he'd destroy me. I mean, he'd destroy my team. Right? We were always on the opposite sides. Just destroy my team. And I remember he's uh, all this, you know, like hard teammate, you know, like pushing and going too far and all this stuff. And I remember when I was a kid. And he beat me, and we were on the beach, like Manhattan Beach, and we go back to you know the family, and we sit down, and the first thing he would do was go to the cassette uh, or, or the stereo that we had, and he'd play the song from the Beatles because we're all from Liverpool, right? So we all love the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Called "I'm a Loser." <laughs> oh my he'd god! Blast it, and he'd sing along with it, and he'd just look at me. And I'd be just pissed, right? Just pissed. But that's the way he was. And he kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And then I remember like two years later, um, we played, you know, the family was playing. And I I had hops at the time. I was just getting, you know, my, my body was just coming into to shape. And I was in really good shape playing basketball all the time. And I went up for a spike and he was right there on the other side of the net and I spiked it off the top of his chest and it just went flying off and he starts grabbing his chest and everybody all of a sudden thinks he's having a heart attack and I didn't give a shit. (laughs) I was like, well, you shouldn't have been there. And he starts grabbing it and like everybody's like running to him and uh, he, he didn't have a heart attack. He didn't. Um, but it was like a one of those kind of like moments, right? Like a vicious moment where like I was just so wrapped up in the competition part of it. But I, I get I get all this tough love from 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 Jordan, right? Like I, I grew up with it. I grew up with it, you know, my whole life. So I, that's why I think I respected it the same way. And I look back at my uncle now, and I just think I I wouldn't be the same person if it weren't for him. You know, there's just there's just no way. I wouldn't be where I am. I think no way. I, I, I think there's just it's just different types of leaderships that's being shown. Like we've seen, you know, I think obviously Kobe and Jordan have the same style of leadership where it's, you know, force everyone to get better and play up to your level or um, you know, just just elevate their game um by 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 just bringing it out of them, I guess, aggressively. Um obviously LeBron has his own where he's more of a, you know, I think he's more of a team teammates first kind of guy. Um, you know, throughout his career, he's been that way. He's always been about his teammates. He's like, you know, point forward, always looking to get his guys involved first. Yeah, um, he's like, you're going to get traded. You're going to get traded. You're going to get traded. <laughs> you're not biased at all. <laughs> I just, I thought, I always thought LeBron was a little too soft in comparison to, too soft to Kobe. How? 
Well, and just in terms of the way he, he ran things, he was very passive-aggressive. I mean, uh, he, would, he would pass on taking the last shot in the beginning, and I didn't understand why. I mean, half the times I'd watch him with the Cavs in the playoffs, and he's dishing off. I'm like, dude, why aren't you taking that shot? You're the best player on the floor. Take the damn shot, right? And, it, you know, then he forces his way to Miami, and he teams up with these other superstars, and then he gets killed in the, in the, in the finals. By a Mavs team. That, yeah, I just, I just don't – I don't know. It's just a different style. I mean, obviously he's successful and he's in the GOAT conversation, but I just don't think he has that, that killer uh, mentality that Kobe and, and Jordan did. They're just different. It's, it's just different, different leadership styles, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's different. But I, you can't deny how successful Jordan's style was or even Kobe's. But you can't deny LeBron's. Seventeen years, and he's only got three. Oh, that's that's all I gotta say. I mean, I hope the guy who had, said that I'm biased is listening now. He's got more opportunity. <laughs> he's had way more opportunities, and and he hasn't come through. So that's where I stand on it. But I'm, I'm but I will school. say that Jordan has Jordan had the opportunity to play against some mediocre coaching. I would say. Like the idea what? of not putting Gary Payton on him until the defensive player of the year until game four of the finals is asinine. That what 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 George Carl got away with not playing Payton on Jordan for three games. So that's the excuse you're saying? I'm, no, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying that LeBron has gone against some legendary teams. The the seventy three win Warriors. Jordan didn't uh, the. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't. He took some of them down, but I don't know. You you, you look at you look at the, the competition. Lakers, the bad boy Pistons, Boston Celtics during their prime. I mean, he had to battle through all these guys. Yeah, I'm not saying to he didn't have where great he competition. He did, uh, but LeBron has had some tough ones too. I mean, is Jordan beating the 17, 18 Warriors with KD, Steph, and Clay? You'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> What's the point of debating has he, something? Has that's he faced a impossible. team that good? Has he faced a team that good though? No, he has not he faced a team not, that good. No. Exactly. But uh, I tell you what, I think he'd run through the fucking Mavericks. <laughs> like, I I don't think Dirk Nowitzki and a bunch of guys that are past their prime are going to beat Michael. Yeah, Jordan. Uh, that that series is one where there's just no excuse where he just didn't. Show and him. he yeah. was in his prime. LeBron was in his prime. Yeah. D. Wade was in his prime, or like, you know, tail end. Chris Bosch was in his prime. Well, I will, I, will say, I will say for that series, though, um, D. Wade was, was the number one on that, on that series. He was, he was the number one guy. That wasn't LeBron. And if they don't give up that, you know, they, they went up 2-1 in the series, and the one loss was like a 15-point comeback with like seven minutes left. So if they, if they don't lose that, they might be up 3-0, maybe. I mean, it's a weird hypothetical, but... It's, but, I mean, it's, you it's, could do these... You could do all these maybes and this would happen if this shot was made, blah, 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 blah. But in the end, that you, you just would never see Kobe Bryant or Jordan fall apart like that. They would, it would take themselves to exhaustion. Well, the Lakers did lose in 2011 to that same Mavs team. No, yeah, they did, and they deserved to lose. They just didn't have it that year. They didn't. But Kobe had already won five titles at that point. He won back to back, twice. Right, but they so they didn't lose to a mediocre Mavs team, according to you. But they weren't. They weren't mediocre. What I'm just saying is, I just don't. I couldn't picture Jordan losing to those guys. Like, just kind of because I mean, LeBron in that series, he just didn't look like LeBron, right? No, he didn't. And I didn't. I didn't understand why. It made no sense to me. None. Yeah, or I, even have, have how the Spurs were able to take him down. I still like, don't I know just, if there's an Which Spurs? The 2007? Well, okay, they played the Spurs twice in the finals during that stretch in Miami, right? Yes. Yes, 2013 And then they barely won because of Ray Allen saving Oh, here we ass. go. <laughs> right? So if you're going to go with all the what-ifs, there's a big one right there. Like Ray Allen, what pulled, if, you know, the, what that if out. one of the best shooters in NBA history doesn't make a three pointer? 
Well, yes, the whole thing would be different, right? If that shot doesn't go down. All right, well, what if Steve Curry and John Paxson don't make the shots? True, but well, that's what I'm saying. You can't get into this what-if game. I'm just <laughs> saying it's... I, I just don't... The, the, the way LeBron played, and it, it seemed as if he just gave up. In 2011, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he was not, he was not great just, in 2011. I, yeah, I don't... That, that's pretty big. In the finals, right? No. You don't give up in the finals, bro. Sure. You know who did give up on the way to the finals, though? Uh, that was mentioned yesterday. Scotty? I was. I, I did not know. See, young guy. Didn't know about that either. Didn't know Scotty just gave up on the team like that. And I think the worst part is that Kukoc actually hit the shot. Yeah. I think if he right? missed, it would have been like, okay, whatever. Maybe it, it still sucks that he gave up on them. But, you know, maybe it was. Well, the sad part is, is that uh, was overshadowed by Scotty being essentially a punk. Right, like, why do you? I mean, who does that? Who yeah, says I'm not going that's, in? That's like, that's low. That's bad. Come on, man. Like, even Jordan mentioned that. It's like, oh, he's never gonna forget that, and he won't. And then even I couldn't believe that Scotty said that if it happened again, I'd probably do the same thing. I, that's what I, I like. Really? What? Really? Come on, dude. Come on. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Like he didn't seem like a sort of egotistical guy. No, but I mean, he you, was. You got He was in one of those positions his whole career, where he was always the second guy, right? Even when he left, you know, he had uh, he led a great Portland team who I thought was really good. And if it weren't for Kobe and Shaq, who knows? Maybe Scotty goes and wins a, another title, right? Um, but he was always overshadowed by Jordan, always. Yeah, but so they made gonna, it seem like he was. The different kind of player than Jordan, where he wasn't about his ego, he wasn't about making everyone play up to his level by being a dick. He was sort of like you know, arm no. over your shoulder sort of thing. Like you'll you'll be back, you'll be better, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? But so that's he was just, just out of his character. It looked like completely out of yeah. his character. It was that was just weird. I mean, it, I I get it. Uh, you know, Phil didn't want to go to you, but then you got you know Jordan who deferred to Steve Kerr and Paxson. To, to hit those big shots at times. Just, yeah, that's the biggest that, thing. Where they've had role players do it in the past. And even yeah. Kukoc said that he's had that play drawn up for him a couple times in the season. I think well, Phil Jackson that, yeah, Kukoc said it. They've that he hit a few, few game winners and they, and they showed them, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. So you can't... I mean, obviously it was the right call. <laughs> it was the right call. It worked. Um, I, I don't know. Scotty's a, he's got kind of a complicated history, I would say. I mean, with the contract thing, um, or like you know when he came in and he said he was going to be better than Jordan. When did he say <laughs> that? Was that at the beginning of the doc? Yeah, it was like when he was a rookie and you got Charles Oakley. Oh yeah, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like really, going to be better than Jordan? It's ambitious. But... To his credit, that was early in his career. So I mean, all right, yeah. whatever. I mean, people say stupid shit when you're but young. yeah, giving up on your team after winning three titles and yeah, I don't it's, know, uh, odd. Oof. Odd. I'd, I'd be curious because they didn't really uh, let Phil Jackson s- probably say what he wanted to say, right, about that situation. They should have. They really should have. I, I would have been interested to hear, like, you know, I mean, that's a selfish move. Just take your stuff out like that. Could you imagine that in a game nowadays? That happens. Oh, God. That... The scrutiny you'd get for that. You might get traded. You probably would... do get traded. You probably yeah, do get traded. Yeah, right? Because that, that would be on Twitter for weeks. Ever, forever. And then for the whole offseason, that would be the one topic everybody's talking about with the Bulls, right? And like, oh, what do they do? Do they trade him? Does he ask for a trade? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it, it would probably eventually turn into a, a big deal and, and him get, getting traded. But, I mean, that, that kind of was like uh, Scotty's kind of – he was always on the trading block at the end there, right? Like, yeah. always feeling unappreciated, not getting paid in, obviously. But it was his decision to sign that seven-year deal or whatever. Right, right, but he also wanted to renegotiate it. And they'd won a couple of titles, and they still could have renegotiated it. But Reinsdorf True. and Krauss were just kind of being... But they didn't have to, right? Of course they didn't have your... to, but you should do it out of good faith. The best franchise in the world, blah, blah, blah. You won three titles, and... You know, well, even the owner win championships, not just the players. Uh, okay, that, then. Yo, Kraus, yeah, this is not. This has really made Kraus look 
terrible in every way possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the worst part is that he's not alive to defend himself either for this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what his family thinks about all this. Probably not too, Probably not too happy thrilled, about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pause real quick to tell you guys about uh, Bet Online. Uh, you might think that there's no games to bet on right now with no baseball, no, you know, hockey, no basketball, uh, but you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props you can wager on. They have their online casino to poker, blackjack. They're bringing Vegas right to you. Are you missing the NFL? Well, that's no problem because Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. You got, you know, you got, you got a Ravens sort of thing you got to fit in. Just bet on the Ravens right there. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all open 24 hours a day and all online. Just go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today to receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. And for the guys, uh, any of you guys looking to last longer, maybe go a few extra rounds, all you got to do is get to bluechew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You can take them anytime, during the day or night, and even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in a pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician is free of cost, and once you're approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Just go to bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. All you have to do is pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's bluechew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Use promo code BLUEWIRE. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Before we move on to some uh, NBA news that's been trending, um, we have heard, or we've seen the, the, the trailers, and you know, I, I got a screener recently of the uh, the new documentary, or Quibi documentary called Blackballed, the L.A. Clippers documentary. I think it's like a ten or twelve part episode uh, series where they they chronicle the 2014 Clippers playoff run and dealing with uh, then owner Donald Sterling, who came out to be a racist douchebag. Um, <laughs> yeah, just I, I was I was going through. That's going to come out May 18th, by the way. Uh, I believe May 18th going to be twelve, ten to twelve parts, something like that. Um, chronicling that that era, that that time, uh, you know, Doc Rivers was interviewed. Chris Paul, I think, helped direct it. Um, you know, JJ Redick, who else? DeAndre Jordan, Matt Barnes. Um, you know, Kenny Smith appears in it as well. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. I saw the first episode. Stephen A. Smith was in it as well. Um, I that's one that I kind of can't wait to look. Like I really want to see that one. Um, I saw the first episode and I'm already intrigued, but. Man, that was such a weird time in the NBA. Just it was during the playoffs, twenty fourteen playoffs. Uh, I think the Clippers and Warriors were going at it. Yeah, one. I was, gonna, I was gonna say, were they playing the Warriors when they uh, dropped their warm ups in the middle? In the, in yeah, the half no, court? game five. I want to say, or game no, it was game four. It was game four. Um, this came out after after game three. Um, yeah, I went back and listened to the tapes like a week ago. Man, that, <laughs> those tapes are something else, man. Have you listened to them? Was that the one with the uh, Shelburne? No, that's not. It, it's the tapes where he says his racist thing. Didn't she do a piece on it, or like? A... Yeah, she she did a podcast thing. Oh, okay, right. Kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, it's... the the guy was terrible. The guy was terrible. I I you know what's the sad part is how long he was able to own a team. Right and uh, get away with what he was getting away with, and it, the fact that players—I mean, you didn't hear about it until it all came to head. But listening to the tapes, and you hear like him saying, "You have to flaunt taking pictures with it with Af- with minorities," and I was just like, "Geez, this is a th- like this is a thing that actually happens." Like this guy was just a like I look back into his history. He had like a you know lawsuits for discriminatory uh, rental practices where he didn't lease out or he tried to kick out minorities out of buildings and just a just a total douchebag it looked like just a major asshole just a, just a, just a dick the sad part is there's a lot more of these kind of people in this country than you than you think right um especially now i'm sure yeah um 
it's it just sucks. I mean, it is the people in power and the people with money it makes it ten times worse because they feel entitled and then they feel like they're right no matter what, and they have the money to try and pay for that privilege. You know what I mean? I mean, he was the perfect example of that. Um, right. The sad part is the guy's still rich, sitting back doing whatever the hell he wants. I mean, he got he got a few billion dollars for the Clippers, so yeah, probably still sitting well. Yeah, but yeah. That that documentary comes out uh, May eighteenth. I mean, I I'm gonna probably watch it, preview it a bit, talk about it probably on next week's pod once it's out. Um, but yeah, I I can't wait for that because I remember watching that series and 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 just. Um, you know, he did like an interview with Anderson Cooper, I believe, in the next round after they beat the Warriors, and just, just a wild, wild ride. I think I would think it was Adam Silver's first couple months as, as commissioner of the NBA, and he had to deal with this already. Um, you know what? I was thinking of that. Um, was it yesterday? I was like, damn, Adam Silver has gone through everything you possibly could in the the amount of time that he's been commissioner. It's only I mean, been like it's, six, seven years. Exactly, and Very it's like short. one thing after another. I mean, it's incredible, and the way he's been able to to handle it all and act quickly when 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 things needed to be done, uh, unlike the NFL. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 done an incredible job. I don't. I, I, I was going to say I don't think he gets enough credit, but maybe he does get he does get uh, his due. Um, everybody respects him. Well, what's he had, he's had to deal with he's had to deal with the Donald Sterling scandal, um, most recently most recently the China controversy, um, yeah. this pandemic now, um, yeah. anything else since? Am I missing a couple things in between? Oh, I'll some things he, in there. He was he was after Donahue, right? Yeah, he was way after Tim Donahue. Yeah, Stern handled that one. Deputy commissioner at the time. Yes, I believe so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty – I mean, and then the fact that, you know, shutting down the NBA when he did as quickly as he did, uh, not thinking about it and letting it go on and go on until something worse happens, you know? Yeah, that was that was uh, smart not to take a risk that way. I commend him on that. He's he's had to deal with a lot. He's had to deal with a, a shit ton since, uh, since taking over. So yeah. props to him on that. Um, but the news, the, the latest news that came out does involve Adam Silver. Um, he did have a meeting, or a, a, I guess more of a phone call with with players, uh, all NBA players. I think it was a Friday. Um, you know, where they discussed. Uh, Adam Silver told him, you know, if the season does pick back up, that there's no, there's, there aren't going to be any fans, and he's also preparing players to play without fans next season as well, at least until there's a vaccine widely available. Um, and if Sham said that, you know, 40% of the league's revenue currently come from fans and I guess, you know, them going to games and tickets and all that stuff, which is, um, a lot. I mean, that, that salary cap is going to be drastically reduced next year. And we don't even, that could really affect free agency. Guys are going to opt in. Guys are going to get a lot lower, a lot less money than they expected. Um, the decision to go you know about when to resume. Uh, the NBA season right now we're at May, mid-May. Uh, it, Adam Silver said it doesn't have to be by the end of May. It doesn't have to be by the end of June either. Uh, so it looks like we could be in for, you know, we could find out that the NBA is picking back up in July, for all we know. Um, it's still <clears throat> still too early to know. Um, recently, I think a couple teams also opened up their practice facilities, namely the Cavs, the Nuggets, I believe it was. Uh, I know that the Rockets came back to their facilities Monday. Um, the Clippers, Lakers... Uh, and Warriors are also looking to sort of uh, get back into their facility soon. I think the Clippers did, did a few workouts uh, very recently. I want to say is maybe early as last week, late last week. Um, yeah, I, I just Jared Dudley for one has been has been uh, sort of hinting at this on Twitter. If you follow him, you can see um, you know when it says you know two months down, one more month to go. Um, you know, as a player who's been on that call, I mean, you kind of go, what does he know? Does he know that we're picking back up in, you know, June, July, something like that? I don't know. I, I think there's, there's no way that they don't start this season back up again. I just don't, I just don't see it. I mean, from the way, from the tweets that he's been throwing out there and how like it'd be disastrous for the NBA if they didn't start it up again. Um, 
It's got to be. It's, they, they've got. They're going to at least try it. I would say. I mean, at least get it going. See, see what happens. Um, keep them in a bubble. Or like, like you know, you were telling me before we got on how uh, it could be the Western Conference teams in Vegas, and it could be the Eastern Conference teams at Disney or Disney World. That makes a lot of sense to me. It makes perfect sense, right? You limit travel. You got. Um, you're not keeping all the teams in one city, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. I mean, even though a place like Orlando or Vegas could hold that many people, right, and keep them contained, it's still a bit ambitious, right? It's a bit over the top. But if you cut it in half and you put them in two different cities, I think that's it's plausible. Yeah, asking players that. to go their separate to go away from their families for about. Probably what two to three months. Uh, I mean, not all players, you know, all these teams that are playoff teams, but that's still tough. Uh, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, if you want the NBA to pick back up, that's what's going to be necessary. But it's not going to be easy. And I think at this point, everybody wants to get away from their families. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> <laughs> we have to, we have a lot of time uh, to make up away from them. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think people have spent this much time with their families ever. Yeah, no, this is certainly a new, unprecedented time, and just, just, yeah, just different, just different. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think of a, a Vegas, Disney World, sort of Vegas and Orlando return makes sense. Obviously, it'd be sort of AAU style basketball where, um, you know, you're playing games from like probably what. 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. or something like that, or 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, obviously, the, the ratings are through the roof. You've got probably a bunch of ads in between. I I, I still don't know how it's going to look with an empty arena. It's just going to. It just sounds. That's going to be the weird thing. I mean, are you playing music the whole time to drown out the the silence? Yeah, I think we I think we talked about this briefly. I think you're going to have to play some kind of just the the regular music of like defense or stuff like that just just for some kind of normalcy even though because because all you're gonna no hear is there. sneakers and uh and players talking i mean players talking would be interesting i'm sure um but uh yeah that's it's it's gonna be strange i can't even really picture it in my mind i i keep thinking if like you know watching pickup games or something you know like it just Silence, but you're just waiting for your turn. But in a professional level, that's that's weird. It's yeah, I, weird. I think you would need the sounds, the arena sounds, just just to make it seem normal or as close to normal as possible. Because otherwise, it's just going to be like a an an open an open scrimmage, a televised scrimmage, which is just weird. Um, yeah, hearing the coaches the, scream and the sneakers squeak, and you know all the. I just wonder was what is going to be like a poster dunk? What's going to happen? Players just gonna yell like when Russell Westbrook is driving down the lane dunking uh, with no fans. Is he still screaming at the at the seats? <laughs> yeah, what is he gonna look at? <laughs> um, I was thinking uh, of that too. Uh, I think I saw like a highlighted John Morant doing a dunk and screaming at the crowd, and I'm like, how is that gonna work now? Like, are you gonna scream at your opponent or the team, or your teammates on the bench, or or what? Maybe just look up and scream, just scream into. Oblivioners. I don't know. Just stream into I, into the realm. I don't know. Tell you what, though, that first game, who, whoever it is, whoever is playing, um, is probably going to be the most watched game in a very long time, right? Just because everybody will just be interested. I bet people who don't even watch basketball are going to watch it just to oh, see yeah. what it's like, oh, yeah. right? Because it's going to be such a surreal thing, such a weird thing. Um, yeah, I bet the ratings would definitely be through the roof. I mean, it would be like, you know, the Jordan Dock. It would be like the NFL Draft, how that got, you know, huge ratings. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. From start to finish, it's going to be interesting. Whoever has the first game of any sport um, will be probably the highest rated. Uh, what? Then there was the UFC this past weekend, right? Yeah, that was weird. I didn't watch. Because, like, they, they announced who won, and then uh, – they were like, yeah, here's your winner, blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, put his arms up in the air, and there's literally no fans, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, boy. And then Joe Rogan comes up, and he's like, hey, blah, 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 you, you won, this, this, this. And I'm like, that's so weird, man. There's just no one there. Yeah. It's just that energy is gone, right? But it was talked about. It was talked about a lot on Twitter, for example. So um, I think that's the goal, obviously, just to be talked about and get guys to watch it again. So 
Um, yeah. Maybe that's just the end game. Just get people to watch it again and, and, and get back to normal. As close yeah, to think, normal as we can get, I guess. I think Alex Caruso was tweeting about it. And that's how I saw it. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, Shaq, for example, Shaq the other day said, you know, came out and said, don't bring the NBA back. I don't think we need to bring it back. Um, you know, which I don't think there's a right answer to this because if there's always going to be a risk of, of contracting it and um, I just don't think that goes away unless there's a vaccine. So what, are, are there just going to be no sports until there's a vaccine? Like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like if you do want to bring it back, you should just bring it back. Whoever, you know, obviously provide testing. And if someone tests positive, hold them out for a few weeks. Um, and then, I mean, bring them back. That's the only solution I see right now. Um, so, well, see, the thing is, like, if say they do bring it all back and then one player tests positive and then another player tests positive, I wouldn't be surprised they shut it down immediately. You know, just like, okay, this is not working. Um, Got to think of something else or just cancel the season and give it more time. Um, just like how they shut it down with, with the Gobert testing positive, right? And just everything within a couple hours. Was well, Adam Silver also said he wasn't the first player that was actually tested, just the one that was tested positive. So mm-hmm. they, they were doing it beforehand just to see if the guy had it or didn't. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't see a world where if you do want to bring it back, um, where you have to wait till there's a vaccine, I think it's just going to be... Um, you have to sort of live with it. It's the new normal for a bit. Now, I don't think they should. I don't think they should risk that. I don't think it's worth it, to be honest. Um, but it is affecting a lot of livelihoods. So, I don't know. It's, it's a weird position to be in. Like, uh, you know, we talked about it beforehand. Like you said, uh, the Premier League is cleared to resume uh, resume practices and could start back up on June 1st. Liverpool will be crowned. Liverpool will be crowned. Hallelujah. Who's their biggest competition over there? Nobody right now. <laughs> I think they're that good. Well, I don't think anybody's threatening them. I think they're so far ahead on the table that uh, it's just a matter of time that they that's win. Not, that's not you being cocky, is it? No, that's me being honest. Okay, okay. Believe um, me, I've been very – with Liverpool, I'm always like, okay, I don't know. Manchester City, you know, Manchester City is always the one that's uh, – they're tough they're, – Stiffest competition, at least over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're, they're so far ahead. I, I, I think they just need to win three games. Uh, Out of how many left? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's well, we'll so see long. how many are even there <laughs> when they pick back up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Premier League could pick back up June 1st. Um, just earlier today, MLB owners approve of giving Players Union um, you know, a plan to start around the 4th of July. Uh, so the MLB could start back up, but it'll be in, in, in baseball parks and in, in ballparks without without fans. Um, so that'll be another interesting thing to see if they are able to get approval, um, considering, you know, testing isn't widely available for now. Uh, I mean, the NFL has been scheduled, you know, they released their schedule. Uh, they had their draft. They had everything pretty much. Ex- it's like they're expecting everything to be normal by August when their, their training camp start, preseason starts. Um uh, Obviously, yeah, the regular season opener is on September 10th, 2020, Texans Chiefs. I don't see how they're ready for that, to be honest. Because, um, I mean, it's only been, it's, it's still three, two or three months away. But, um, you know, we've, we've gone through two, three months since March, and it's been like, it feels like nothing has really changed. Yeah, I don't think they're worried. I think the NFL is just like, yeah, go ahead. All you other leagues can figure this out. And by the time it gets to us, we'll just be able to, be businesses as usual, you know, like you've said, you know, I, you don't think that's going to happen, but but I didn't Von Miller test positive and they weren't even in season. Yeah. Yeah. Like these, how many players are on a roster? 50, 53. What is it? 50, 53, 52, 53. That's yeah. a lot of players you're putting together. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and coaching staffs and, and, and I mean, the assistants, the, well, the water boys, just geez. one thing with, the NFL that I mean, at least I've noticed over the years, is they don't take action until shit really hits the fan, right? Like they act like there's no problem until it's so glaringly obvious that there is one that they have to do something, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm not surprised that this this kind of response or like you know wait and see or 
I just don't think they're taking it as seriously as everybody else, at least right now. I think it's because the NBA and the MLB are actively losing money, right? They're missing time. This right. is their time to shine. The NFL is only on for, what, four months? Uh, four so, or five months, yeah, pretty much. So it's, it's they're just like, oh, whatever. We'll wait for our time and then we'll deal with it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that's the way to go with that one. <laughs> I really don't. It's not. They, they better be taking this seriously because it's not. They're going to get burned. Bad. Badly. Jeez. All right. Well, I think that better wraps it up for our episode. Um, we're trying to get a guest on for next week. We'll see if you can surprise you guys with that one. But um, in the meantime, yeah, please, uh, you know, as usual, follow Ryan Ward on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube uh, at Ryan Ward LA. Um, you know, only LA stuff right now. No, I just need sports in general, dude. I need sports back. I'm, I'm going crazy. <laughs> so why? I'm honestly at that point where I'm like, I just, I got to get out. I got to do something. <laughs> I just, I, miss, I just miss what a basketball feels like and shooting one. Oh, me too. I don't know what me that too. feels like. I feel like I'm going to look like Shaq shooting the first time, like shooting a free throw. Last time I played was with you. I think at that Santa Monica. Oh, at the gym. Oh, that's right. Our what was little, that, like, uh, three months ago. Yeah, that was like March 9th or March 10th, I think. Wow, that was two months ago. Wow, two months. Feels um, like six months. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can follow me at Tomer Zarly. That's T O M E R A Z A R L Y on Twitter and Instagram. As always, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star review. Um, you know, any comments, questions, suggestions, concerns. Uh, leave, leave it for us wherever you get your podcasts in the review, whether it's uh, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, we're everywhere. Um, yeah, check out our previous episodes. We just had um, you know, we had some snippets of Pau Gasol on our last pod where Ryan interviewed him in a one-on-one exclusive. Uh, we had Karan Butler before that. We had guys like Adam Morrison and Josh Powell as well. So we, we have guys. We're looking to get more guys. So I hope you guys keep tuning in. Um, share with your friends, family, if you guys enjoy it. We appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription Blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at Zenni.com.